Support for this episode of This Changes Everything is provided by Primera Blue Cross. Even as a little kid, Brandon Davis was writing reviews. I actually have this artifact from, I think it was like third grade, where I used to make these reports, mm-hmm. which was not for school. I thought it was really fun to um, pick a subject and write a report on it. So one of them I did was on um, Saul Steinberg, the illustrator. He was in the New Yorker and Time magazine all the time. So I pulled out pages and sewed them together with yarn. And it was like my my art report, you know. I didn't have anybody to read it except for my mom and my sister. And my little sister was not that interested in my reports. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think that, I, I just think that's so funny that I, I just early on had this instinct that I wanted to tell people about the cool stuff that artists make. Fast forward to now, when Brandon is the arts and culture editor at Crosscut and things in the arts world are suddenly very different. America's coronavirus crisis is growing. Another group being hit hard by the COVID-19 outbreak is the arts and entertainment industry. Concerts, spiritual services, and the arts on hold. Performers who need audiences in their seats each and every night were just some of those who lost their livelihoods. Yep, here's one nightclub. Just as an example, the Showbox Soto absolutely locked up. What was it like for you the day, day of the shutdown, I guess, the day when you realized that all of the stuff that you were kind of working on essentially vanished. It was shocking. I I guess it came to me through, you know, we have, well, we had, it's on hiatus, but our weekly things to do, which is kind of a date book of the cool stuff that we pick for readers. And so I had assigned a bunch out to our team and to a couple freelancers. And I think it was the freelancers who sort of came back in and said, well, actually, those have been canceled. Um, do you have anything else? And I was like, oh, no problem. Here's, you know, a bunch more. Um, and we had, you know, we had no idea. Like, were people overreacting? Um, or was this a smart thing to do? And people at that point were kind of saying, well, maybe this is postponed, not canceled. You know, we may do it later. So I'm like hanging on to that. You know, it was just a frenzy. And then that week, it was just all everything in my inbox at that point was, unfortunately, we've had to cancel or postpone. I mean, just everything, 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 just everything. Yeah. And now it's it's watching all the sort of mid to late summer stuff get canceled. You know, I think people were just hanging on, hoping, hoping, hoping that, um, you know, things like SIF, which has been canceled, might be able to go on. That's not happening. SIF, by the way, that's the Seattle International Film Festival, a really big three-week-long event each spring. All the music festivals that customarily happen are not happening. It's just been a bunch of kind of bad news emails. Watching all those dominoes fall at once, what's the feeling? I mean, mostly I think I was thinking about just all those people, all those artists who had, you know, worked so hard for these big, you know, dance performances and theater performances and their big debut, their big chances, you know, and sometimes, a lot of times in performance arts, um, the artists work on these things for, you know, years, multiple years, and then they have one, maybe one long weekend, maybe two, to put it out there. Um, and then it was just over. 
So I wasn't really taking it in beyond thinking, oh my God, I those people, I just feel so bad for them and what, what must they be thinking and experiencing. And of course, the financial hit also. It's just thinking about that devastation. I keep feeling lucky every day that I, I have a job, especially in the arts arena. But then I also, um, you know, get a little down with a kind of an ennui feeling, just sort of there's an unlatching that I think is happening of when you're surrounded by this much unknown. The unknown here really is scary. The numbers are so dire. Brangen points out that the group Arts in America did a survey recently of 11,000 artists, and it found that 95% of them have lost income due to the coronavirus. And as Margot Von Singel, one of Crosscut's arts and culture reporters, noted recently, during the third week of March, unemployment applications in the arts and entertainment industry in Washington increased by 2,375%. You know, it's like, wait, this has got to be a joke, right? And of course, it's not a joke. You know, we're just, I just think nobody has any idea of what it's actually going to be like in, you know, one month, five months, a year. There are just so many questions. Well, welcome everyone um, to our, is this our fourth session? But then, even with all those questions, even with all of that unknown, artists and performers, they showed up anyway, almost immediately after the shutdown. Watching people put on concerts and, you know, doing dance classes and just thinking, wow, like all of a sudden artists just kicked into high gear and started making I'm Sarah Bernard, and this is This Changes Everything, a podcast from Crosscut about the new normal. So after the shutdown in Washington to help prevent the spread of coronavirus in early March, the arts were one of the first things to go. Live events like music, dance, theater, book readings, groups of people getting together to experience something creative and life-affirming, all of that is gone. And that means that the vast majority of the income for people and organizations in the arts industry is also gone. The economic situation is really, really bad. But beyond that, there's something else that's changed. The way we think about art, and why we make art, and why we need it. All of that has shifted too. When one thing vanishes, another takes its place. So I asked Brandon Davis, as both a lifelong arts appreciator and arts maker, about what she's been seeing since the shutdown. The bursts of creativity, the terrifying uncertainty, the ennui, the fear, and the hope. Stay with us. So the shutdown happens. All of these events get canceled. Many artists and performers are completely out of work. But uh, like almost immediately, people started pivoting and saying, it's okay. Uh, We can put this up online. We can, um, you know, do our some snippet of a dance performance. We can... Um, certainly play music from our living rooms. Um, we can do readings. I mean, obviously, it is not the same. But um, I was amazed by how quickly individual artists pivoted and just started putting their work out there a lot of times for free, um, you know, uh, which is nice but um, troubling. Um, and, you know, right away they were... There were 
uh, groups like um, Dance Church, which is based here, um, that was this great big sweaty sort of fun workout dance party um, at Velocity Dance. And they right away put that online. And I had been to it in the real world, and I thought this is there's just they're just not going to be able to get the same spirit on the internet and they did I mean it's really incredible Um, and just everyone sort of slamming around into their own furniture um, (laughs) as they do the the, you know just crazy dancing um, is kind of a beautiful thing to see happening you know and that it's people doing it all over all over the country every Sunday now I'm I've been tuning in for um Erin Jorgensen, who's a local marimba player, she does um, Bach with pancakes, and now it's Bring Your Own Pancakes, um, a marimba concert, very short. Every Sunday morning, it's just become a really lovely ritual. Um, And, you know, you can tip her via Venmo. You know, I think the one case that it hasn't, the one sort of arts genre that it just doesn't seem to work or hasn't, nobody's figured it out yet, um, is theater. Mm. Just because it's so much, it's just so based in being there and seeing these bodies in 3D and being in a room full of people and having it happen at the same moment, you know? And I've seen some, some theater people saying, in the community saying, okay, we got to figure out, you know, some huge innovation, how we can put theater on Zoom. And then other people saying, well, that already exists. It's called film, you know, like, and it's a totally different genre. Mm -hmm. Um, These are very different animals. And we shouldn't be trying to adapt theater to be film. Um, So it's tricky. Actors and theaters are, for the most part, Brangen says, just waiting. Fingers crossed, hoping that they can still figure out how to put something on stage in the fall. In the meantime, the performers who can put their work online are. And sometimes that work is pretty interesting. I think personally, I've mostly heard people saying things like, I feel more creative than I've ever felt in my life. Um, I have also seen a few people saying, I am so worried about money, I can't make anything. I can't write anything. You know, I can't paint anything, which I totally get as well. So it's all over the map. But the people who are finding, you know, that their brain is opening up in some way are, you know, making all kinds of strange little beautiful things. For example... Brangen's been keeping an eye on a local videographer named Marcy Stone Francois, who saw all of her regular work dry up after the shutdown. And so she um, worked with what she had, which is her cat and her um, video and animation skills, and has started this YouTube series called Going Viral. And it stars her cat, who does, is, uh, does talk show interviews with guests. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, today's guest is uh, the actual coronavirus. Virus, can you hear me? Hello, Janice. The cat, Janice, um, you know, is talking to people who have lost their jobs. You know, they're characters that are created. Mm-hmm. But people who've lost their jobs and um, other cats. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's sounding as ridiculous as it is, but it's also like real. It's not just a joke. She's addressing these very real issues through this extremely strange and funny format without that pressure of, I got to get the next video gig. Um, you know, that's scary still. That hasn't gone away, but, but she's felt her creativity open up and just be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of on pause. So what do I have to work with here in my home? And, you know, how can I sort of step out of my standard way of thinking? You should try taking a series of short naps throughout the day, like me. <clears throat> now, that doesn't quite apply to losing all your income. Right, right. But there is something interesting there about what happens when money is taken out of the equation. I mean, at this point, it sounds like, yeah, there are the equivalent of Patreon accounts or something like that. You can Venmo me a tip or something like that. That exists. But besides that, it's sort of divorce. So what happens to art? Um, And why do people make it, I guess, is this kind of like... We're kind of thrown into this new place now where we can ask that question again. Yeah. Well, and also we're seeing how vital it is. I mean, that's the other point people are making is in this isolation, everyone is turning to books and movies and maybe they're making their own art. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. Art isn't this extra thing for society. It is crucial to our sanity. I think it makes that very clear. Whereas, you know, art is always the first thing to get cut from school budgets and things. And it's like, no, no, no. Remember this. This is what kept us alive here. And it is pulling you out of yourself. I mean, that's, I think, probably one of the main reasons I like writing about art is I learn about these things that I just, I'm, astounded like I never would have thought of that you know and I never would have thought of making that sculpture um and I so often just um kind of fall in love with my subjects that I'm writing about because I just love their ideas and the way they make me think differently and and I always come out like well I'm gonna try I'm gonna try being a painter and then of course no <laughs> oh <laughs> Keep your keep your day job. Put the paintbrush down. <laughs> right. But of course, to celebrate this newfound creativity and all of these quick pivots, that can overshadow the fact that this is work. I've also heard from artists that they are exhausted, you know, doing all this not, you know, emotional labor of keeping spirits up, reminding us we all need art, and then just doing a lot of concerts um, and asking for tips. You know, that that gets really hard. Um, And all of that happening with absolutely no sense of how the cell is going to turn out. And I am so hugely thankful, and I hope other people are recognizing what is happening here you know this is work this is so much work so Tomo Nakayama who's a local musician and had this new album that was supposed to come out like the moment all this stuff started he's been working like crazy trying to do internet concerts and um, all I mean all kinds of shows online Tomo was posting um, on Twitter how he was getting really frustrated with people saying that 
thank goodness for, you know, the distraction of art right now. And he's like, it's not a distraction. <laughs> you know, this is actually really important. And, and I saw that and I just felt for him and for all the artists who are getting this attention, but they're also, you know, often being treated as this, um, you know, like, oh, what a fun, um, you know, escape. The way he put it was, it's not a distraction, it's a direction. We'll get back to my conversation with Brandon in just a minute. But first, a message from our sponsor, Primera Blue Cross. Primera Blue Cross was founded in Washington State. With offices in the Puget Sound area and Spokane, they know the profound impact the COVID-19 outbreak has had and will continue to have on our local communities. They joined the region's major employers who made the early decision to send employees home and help protect vulnerable family members, friends, and neighbors. The Primera team is in your corner and doing what they can to help during this health crisis. That includes covering COVID-19 tests and related office visits without out-of-pocket costs for most plan members. And they're working with the federal government toward free testing for all, regardless of health coverage. Primera has expanded virtual care options, too, so people in Washington can get their symptoms checked by a doctor without leaving their home or receive ongoing care, like mental health therapy. Primera is offering early prescription refills to make sure members have the medications they need at the ready. Mail order and 90-day refills are also available. Ask your pharmacist if you want to know more about your options. Primera continues to actively monitor the situation to find more ways they can help to stop the spread of COVID-19 and get treatment to those affected. Learn more about how your care is covered at Primera.com. So it wasn't just all the performances that were canceled with the arrival of the coronavirus. Many arts organizations have big fundraisers in the spring, too. And they also had to pivot. And the results of that, Brangen says, might have a big effect on how they do things going forward. I do think that arts organizations are maybe, I, I haven't asked them directly, but realizing how much outreach they can do um, through creative things online. I mean, so many um, art organizational auctions had, had to be canceled, and that's been a huge panic. But several of them have done fine with online fundraisers. Um, and so what from these new ways is really successful? In other words, some of the emergency pivots, the things that organizations and artists had to do, ended up working out okay both in terms of raising funds and in terms of engaging audiences. As we're in our homes longer, people are feeling more detached. And I feel like artists are trying to like pull us in like, wait a minute, don't go away. <laughs> so I'm seeing more things, you know, like the, um, the silent reading party that Christopher Frizzell developed a long time ago and has been a very in-person sort of nerd thing where everyone gets together and reads at the Sorrento Hotel, um, putting that online and seeing the amazing number of people who just want to be together on Zoom screens reading books. That was astonishing to me and it's just getting larger and larger. Um, and then things like there's a dancer who's asking people to submit their own one-minute dance videos. Um, not so much TikTok style, but your own dance um, for International Dance Day, which is 
later this week. Um, you know, just some of that stuff that is motivating to your own creativity. I hope that stuff sticks around. There are also things like, um, you know, literary happy hours where the author is there and taking questions online. You know, I mean, sometimes it's, it is hard for people to get out to, to attend events for a huge variety of reasons. So making those things more accessible, um, I think that would be terrific if, if that kept happening. And with everyone at home and a lot of people with a little more time and flexibility, lots and lots of people are making stuff, not just professional artists. And I also think it's so interesting, like um, the loss of celebrity culture right now. I mean, obviously, celebrities are still putting stuff out on Twitter and stuff, but it just seems so much less. Like, it seems like really anyone can attention on social media right now for doing something super cool you know like from the families who are doing funny the funny lame is you know adaptations another day another destiny shopping for online delivery those are getting so much more attention i don't know there is it seems like there is kind of a leveling that's happening So I think when we get out of our um, daily patterns, that's when the brain does open up and creative thoughts can sneak in there. Um, and you, and because we're all in our houses, um, you do have that yearning to participate. So when you're seeing all the art out there, maybe your brain does for the first time in a long time go, ding. That's why I'm making crazy dance music covers with my husband <laughs> Brandon and her husband Daniel do already have a band they're called The Argument and recently they were asked to record a 10 second cover of a song as part of a project for a local filmmaker so they did they made a tiny music video and we did not end up getting included in her compilation, which is fine. Um, but we were like, oh, God, this is super goofy and fun. So we said, OK, well, let's try another one. We'll do one minute, just one minute of another song. And we just they just started getting a little crazier every time, a little goofier. And it's just turned into this really fun thing to do together to, you know, a creative project. Oh, help me, Jesus. Come through the storm. Is there any way that that series would have, have happened without this? I mean, absolutely not. I mean, we're working on a second album, but it always comes way down on the list after work, for sure. And work tends to expand. Um, and, you know, everything else just pushes creative projects um, to the bottom. So, yeah, there there is no way we would be doing this without this particular strange time and that particular prompt. But it's and it's spreading into other things like we're like, OK, now we now we, maybe we can also get back to that, you know, other our own music that we're making. And, you know, I've been 
writing more creatively than I have in years. Um, definitely, I'm inspired by seeing how other people are creating things. And I'm kind of like, I want to do that. I want to do that. Um, but also, I mean, I am just in a different mental place right now. I don't know about you, but I am. Uh, there's definitely some existential drift going on. And, and that that is a creative space. So there is kind of that um, airport layover feeling where all bets are off and you can eat Cinnabons and it doesn't matter. And you don't know when they're going to actually let you on the plane. So I don't know. Why not try something different, you know? Yeah, it's like time is passing differently. It's slower, but it's faster. It's just harder to keep track. I keep waking up and thinking this whole thing is a dream. Things are just weird. At best, they're just weird. And weird is where art comes in. We don't know. None of us know what's going to happen or when it's going to end. But but I don't want to forget what this was like, this state of unknowing. And I think a lot of artists are feeling that too and just like, Capture it right now. You know, no, we cannot plan for the next performance. Um, and I cannot plan for, you know, the big fall art season because I have no idea what organizations will still be in existence. But um, but it's also hugely valuable to capture what's happening now, almost like a time capsule, you know, like the Washington State Historical Society is trying to collect artifacts like homemade masks and stuff from this moment um because at some point in the future we'll remember that that weird thing happened and we were all in our houses but it's harder to recreate the feelings that that were everyone was experiencing the very different feelings everyone was experiencing and so um that's what I feel like like is the most important job of our arts and culture team right now is just like okay we have no idea what's going to happen. Here's what's happening right now. Thanks for listening to This Changes Everything. This episode was produced by me, Sarah Bernard, and the story editor was Mark Baumgarten. Engineering assistance from Rusty Bacall. Our cover art is by Greg Cohen. Thanks so much this week to Branjan Davis, who's been continuing to cover the arts and leading a team of arts reporters, even in the middle of this strange, uncertain airport layover we're in. And an extra thanks to her husband, Daniel, who helped set Branjan up with that great microphone at their at-home studio. If you want to watch all of those COVID covers she and Daniel did, you can see them at theargument.us slash COVID hyphen covers. And for a list of links to artists and creators mentioned or played for a moment in this episode, visit crosscut.com slash podcasts and click on the episode page. One last note, if you care about the arts and you have the means, you probably want to support them in some way. Brandon says, definitely remember to give money to the individual artists who are playing concerts and sharing their work online right now. And then check out different arts organizations and see how they're raising funds. Trying to imagine the city without a really thriving art scene that that is bleak to me that that brings out the pocketbook for sure Mm -hmm. yes i'm a little old lady with a pocketbook (laughs) (laughs) i said that and i was like what is a pocketbook you can read all of brandon's work and the work of the arts team at crosscut.com 
and all of the newsroom's coverage of the coronavirus at crosscut.com slash coronavirus. You can subscribe to This Changes Everything on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. And if you like this show, please do leave that review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find us. For more on This Changes Everything and other Crosscut podcasts, go to crosscut.com slash podcasts. For the latest political, environmental, and culture news from the Pacific Northwest, visit crosscut.com. This Changes Everything is a product of Cascade Public Media. I'm Sarah Bernard. We'll be back soon with another episode. 